Conservative? You bet. Controversial? Right again. It's time to squabble on The Jim Benson Show. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Jim Benson Show. Conservative talk radio covering the issues that concern you here on the BBS radio network. Well, as usual, there's a lot happening on the political scene, but the big news recently is the unprecedented FBI raid on President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate in Palm Beach, Florida. It's only too obvious to me, along with tens of millions of other Americans and people around the globe, that this is the latest and most egregious example of the establishment left's desperate efforts using its control of the government to stop Trump from running for president in 2024, utterly destroy him, and eradicate the Make America Great Again movement. They're after Trump, of course, but our appallingly corrupt establishment's war on war to destroy MAGA, being waged in alliance with the Communist Chinese Party and wealthy, venal members of our business and financial elites, is ranging is wide-ranging and comprehensive, employing every tool within their power, legal or otherwise. In recent weeks, we've seen other prominent figures on the political right convicted of wrongdoing, supposed wrongdoing, in what to me are obvious, again, efforts to silence and destroy them politically and financially. Among these are former Trump advisor and conservative radio and television host Steve Bannon, who was convicted of contempt of Congress in a leftist-controlled kangaroo court in D.C., Washington, D.C., for refusing under executive privilege to comply with demands of the sham congressional January 6th committee. At the same time, conservative commentator and conspiracy theory figure Alex Jones has been found liable for some $50 million in damages for allegedly defaming families of children murdered in a mass shooting. Jones has said the lawsuit against him was funded by radical leftist billionaire George Soros. And there's a lot more coming for him as well in regard to that. I mean, there's multiple lawsuits and others are about to start. I'm sure Jones is appealing all this, but it's got to be weighing heavily on him. Let's focus on commentary about the implications of the FBI raid for documents on Trump's home. Numerous political observers are saying that the raid shows the extent to which the establishment is willing to go to destroy their political opponents and plunge the American people into into a socialist communist abyss. And of course, when I say this, I'm talking about what these people are willing to do in return for money, for bribes, sometimes extortion, sometimes influence, and other times because of their ideological preferences. But it's very frightening. If you've been following the events surrounding the FBI raid on Trump, you were aware that the federal magistrate who approved the search warrant for the raid, a man who's reportedly made anti-Trump social media posts and contributed to former President Barack Obama, his campaigns anyway, is considering making some parts public of the affidavit submitted to him for justification of the raid. And, of course, the Justice Department wants it all kept secret. Whatever ends up being made public, I'm sure it'll be heavily redacted and will keep the government's reasons for its actions secret. 
Here's audio from conservative commentator Liz Wheeler on her The Liz Wheeler Show on YouTube, August 18th. It's a discussion of what she sees as what's happening what, and what's being planned by the government that led to the FBI raid. It's titled, How the Left Plans to Take Down Trump. Play soundbite one, please. Eric Garland refused to release the affidavit that was supposed to be attached to the warrant. The affidavit is the person, the source. We talked about who the suspected bureaucrat behind the affidavit is. It was based on a Margot Cleveland article at The Federalist. Highly recommend the article. We also discussed it in depth on yesterday's show. So if you haven't watched that, go do so. It's episode 186. Garland refused to release the affidavit because this is what the Department of Justice says. They refused to release it in order to, quote, protect the integrity of an ongoing law enforcement investigation that implicates national security. Disclosure at this juncture of the affidavit supporting probable cause would, by contrast to previously unsealed filings, cause significant and irreparable damage to this ongoing criminal investigation. Remember when they told us this was about the National Archives? No, no. No, no, it's not. It's not about the National Archives. The National Archives might also be a stooge in this plot. They might be using, the deep states might be using the National Archives as a way to charge Trump. But this is what's going to happen. The Department of Justice is going to indict Trump. They are going to charge him. They are going to try to arrest him. They are going to impanel a grand jury in Washington, D.C. Remember, Washington, D.C. is made up of 95% very partisan radical leftists who donated to Hillary Clinton. This neutral administrative state, remember, 95% for Hillary Clinton, but neutral, not not politically biased here. Then they're going to have a D.C. jury that's picked from this jury pool of very radical leftists, and it's going to result in a conviction of President Trump. This is what the left is trying to do. There are some people on the right who don't believe the radical left will actually take it this far. Believe it. I believe it. They've told us what they're going to do. They've showed us the roadmap. This is what they're going to do. Here's the thing. You and I have recourse here. There's something that we can do before it gets to that point. We can we can destroy this before it gets to the point where a D.C. grand jury is impaneled and then a, a jury is picked from this pool of very radical leftists. And remember what happened, by the way. We just saw a case study and what happens when a when someone from the deep state is tried in a D.C. in a D.C. jury with a D.C. jury from the D.C. jury pool in the Michael Sussman case. We saw that this this evidence against Michael Sussman was pretty cut and dry. It, it wasn't that questionable. This should have been a very easy case. But there were radical leftists on his jury who sided with him. I mean, there was one juror on the Michael Sussman trial whose kid actually played soccer with Michael Sussman's kid. There were other jurors who donated to Hillary Clinton, who donated to AOC. These were very radical leftist people who claimed that they could be unbiased, but they were posting online that they weren't, they weren't unbiased at all. They were very, very partisan. We have a case study. We know exactly what's going to happen. Michael Sussman wasn't convicted of the crime that he committed. It was so obvious that he committed this. The reason he wasn't convicted was because this jury was made up of radical leftists. Well, we have to destroy this plot by the left before it gets to this point. We have to destroy it before it comes to fruition. And the way that we do that is we destroy it in the court of public opinion. We identify it and debunk it in order to nip it in the bud. Because the one thing that will stop the radical left from carrying through on a plot to charge Trump and indict Trump and arrest Trump and try Trump and convict Trump is if it is politically harmful to them. If they realize that doing so would use so much political capital that it would cause every voter in this country to vote against the Democrats. That's the only way that the Democrats don't do this. And so you and I, what we have to do is we have to follow along every lie, 
every tweet, every iteration of the narrative and do what we did with the Trump passport story. Look at that Nora O'Donnell tweet and identify that rhetorical sleight of hand. Look for that phraseology that tips us off to what they really mean. Be skeptical, be disbelieving. Refuse to, well, refuse to believe that what they say is true on its face and force them to show their hands, force them to show their cards by showing our receipts. If we do this, if we identify it, we will be able to nip it in the bud. And the only thing, the only thing that will stop the left is if they lose in the court of public opinion. And we have the power to make that happen. And do that. I don't think they're at this point. The left is going to let the court of public opinion interfere with their machinations. They don't seem to be so inclined in recent years, but we'll see what happens. Now let's listen to audio from the Alex Jones show, August nine, right after the FBI's raid on Trump's home, and in, and this show involves discussion about it between Steve Bannon, as mentioned earlier, and Alex Jones. This segment of the Alex Jones Show was posted on jonesband.video platform. In it, you'll hear at the beginning, former Trump advisor and radio and television host, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, relate that Trump received 74 million votes in 2020. This, of course, is the official vote count, as wrongfully certified, I say, after the election, while Joe Biden supposedly got some 80 million votes. I agree with election integrity warrior Mike Lindell that it was actually Trump who got the 80 to 81 million votes and Biden actually got somewhere in the mid 60 million vote range. Please play soundbite two. Everything this corrupt establishment is doing to me is all about preserving their power and control over the American people. They want to damage you in any form. But they really want to damage me so I can no longer go back to work for you. And I don't think that's going to happen. Never before in the history of our republic has the Federal Bureau of Investigations raided the private residence of a former president. That is exactly what happened a few minutes ago. What does it mean? Number one, it is final unequivocal proof to all Americans, whoever you voted for, that the FBI is now the political police arm of the Democrat Party and this administration. Not of the old man in the White House who is not compus mentis, but of the radicals and the ideologues that have taken over the Democrat Party. Secondly, important to you, if they can do this to the President of the United States, the man who won 74 million votes, they can do it to you, to anyone. And lastly, most important of all, it means that they have failed. They have tried everything else. Two impeachments, a January 6th committee, spurious charges, allegations in New York, and they have failed to stop President Trump. They are desperate because they have failed. He is running. But rest assured, this act by the FBI, by Merrick Garland, the DOJ, and the White House that had to approve all of it is a declaration of war against peaceful American citizens, 74 million of them. This is not America. Stay strong, my friends. God bless. 
If you remember back in 2016, when I, when right before he got elected, I was in Washington, D.C. I was at a couple different social events, and I heard people talking. They said the Democrats want this guy so bad that they wouldn't put assassination behind it. And, and I'm going to tell you something. They've tried impeachment. They've tried another impeachment. They've tried one investigation after another. This is about one thing. This is about stopping him from running in 2024. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm not into conspiracies. I'm not into anti-government rhetoric. This is the first time in my lifetime that I would say I am deathly afraid for Donald Trump. I would not put assassination behind these people. That's the former New York police commissioner, Bernard Kirk, a very serious, smart man, another very serious, smart man. If anybody was Trump's brain, it was Stephen K. Bannon helping lead the restoration of this republic. And he joins us for the balance of the hour war room.com. Don't need to go to his naval intelligence service or uh, what he did on Wall Street or what he did in Hollywood or what he did for the country. He joins us now, a man who needs no introduction, a true patriot. They're trying to make a political prisoner. Uh, simply for standing up for the sovereignty of the president and the executive branch. Steve, we could talk about so many facets of this, but for me, it's the deep state desperate trying to finish their coup, trying to secure the last stolen elections so they can steal the midterm and the general elections in two years. Uh, this, to me, is a sign of major desperation, and they're trying to make you a political prisoner right now. I am very honored to be in the same company with you being persecuted as well. Thank you, Stephen Bannon. No, uh, Alex, I think you've nailed it. What people are not talking about enough is that this is desperation. They've tried everything else. Look, you see what they're doing to you. The world sees what they're doing to you right now. Uh, they've been doing it to Trump, and this is a, a desperate move to, to send a bunch of jackboot. Unless, look, the FBI is now the new American Gestapo. Uh, all the great legacy they had uh, of anti-communism and what they did for the good of this country over many decades has just been a, a thrown in the trash heap over the last 10, 20 years. And uh, this is uh, outrageous to desecrate one of the most iconic uh, buildings in this country, much less a presidential resident. And to do it the way they did it uh, with, you know, up armored uh, with, uh, with weapons drawn, uh, cracking the safe, all this drama to try to show a point. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, an act of desperation. Here's why Alex, they've checked the numbers. They realize this, this fiasco of spending, uh, the spending and tax orgy that has passed means nothing to the people in this country. The polling's horrible. They're about to get the tables run on them by MAGA in, uh, in, in, in what, less than 90 days. Uh, we will take over. Donald Trump will announce and be the next president. And so they're pulling out all stops. And look, you said it. Bernie Carrick's a very serious guy. He's not a guy who's into conspiracies. He's a, he, you know, he's a very straightforward former police commissioner. And I agree. I do not think it's beyond... Uh, this administrative state and their deep state apparatus to to actually try to uh, work on the assassination of President Trump. I, I think pe I think everything's on the table. I think his security ought to be at the highest it's ever been. And, and honestly, I think he ought to, and I think he should have flown down in Mar-a-Lago this morning, walked out there at noon today, and said, "Hey, I'm running for President of the United States. Suck on that." Well, look, I think it's a time of action. This is, you know, Alex, you and I have talked about this. We're at a hinge of history right now. And, uh, you know, don't believe what you hear Steve Bannon say. Don't believe Alex, what Alex Jones said. If you had a year ago projected out 
that a Gestapo-like force armed would have gone to Mar-a-Lago and ransacked, essentially ransacked President Trump's home, the first presidential home in history ever with authorities in there. It, it, it boggles the mind. But you have to understand there's this French poet I, I quote all the time. He was uh, he was uh, volunteered for the French Army World War One was killed in Verdun right off the bat. He was a journalist and a poet. He said, the important thing is not to report what you see. The most important thing is for you to see what you see. You have to see reality right now. What's going on? And don't take all the spin and, and everything you're accustomed to, to thinking about. And it's most important for audiences like in uh, Alex Jones's audience, the great Infowars and also War Room to become evangelists right now. What you have to do is bring in that concentric ring, not just people that totally agree with you. You have to take the information you have and you have to start pushing it out to your neighbors, your workers, uh, your people, your, 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 the people you bowl with or play golf with. You have to help awaken them. A great awakening is kind of a network effect. And that's what we're going through right now. And Alex, quite frankly, that's why I, I'm really a huge proponent of your book, which, look, I just saw a month ago. Tony Lyons knows that the War Room, we always love getting the, the hot new titles and he gave it to me. And I was just I was blown away by it. Uh, and, and, and what I told my team as we put, handed it around, I said, this could be a great tool right now for what we need in this phase. We need a great awakening of the general population, but clearly people that are, 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 are devotees or followers of, uh, of Infowars and War Room are kind of that cadre, that tip of the spear. And you need cadres. You, you need a vanguard. But that vanguard must take leadership. And so everyone out there today, you can't wait for Donald Trump. We can't put we've already put so much on his shoulders. One guy can only do one thing. You can't put it on Alex Jones. Look, they're trying to destroy Alex Jones. You saw last week. And, and, and I'm not arguing about the case with the families. That's a separate thing. That's what Alex is doing with those families. I'm talking about a much broader thing of what they tried to accomplish. Right. And making it a global effort and actually looking not just to destroy a man, but actually destroy the network that he's built around it to shatter it, to make sure it can never be vibrant again. And so right now, the most important thing for this audience to do is to burrow down, get as much information as possible, do your work and to become an active part of this, become an active part of a cadre, become an active part of a vanguard to push forward and take leadership. Remember, in the American Revolution, what, a third of the people were kind of on the side of the patriots? A third of the people were hardcore Tories? A third of the people were in the middle kind of seeing how, how this thing plays out? Same thing in the Civil War. Any great effort always starts with a relatively small group. And look, we have, you know, I totally disagree with our opposition, but they are, they are absolutely believed to the core of their being that they're right and they're not going to give up. One side's going to win here and one side's going to lose. We're not going to all of a sudden have a great kumbaya moment and hug this out. You can't hug this out because we have two different ideas, two different visions of what this country is. It's either the constitutional republic that's been handed down to us on every patriot's grave for 12 or 13 generations, that it's our responsibility and our duty to pass on to future generations. Remember, Burke said, we have as much obligation to those that came before us as those that come ahead. And right now, your moment in history, so many people, that watch this show or so many people that follow Alex Jones or watch the war room and said, you know, if, if I was around in the American Revolution, I'd be right there. I'd be at Saratoga. I'd be at Valley Forge or, you know, if there's a civil war, I'd be at I'd be at Cemetery Ridge and it'd get well, his now's your chance because you're here for the second battle of the republic. 
You are here for the greatest battle. And by the way, as much as the Patriots in 1776 had long odds against then the greatest empire on earth, the British Empire, today it's actually harder. It is harder because you have the combination of technology. You had these oligarchs in, techno- in big tech, big media, big pharma, combined with an authoritarian state. They have you know, the social credit scores. They have all the technology. The odds are here are long, but the reason I like our odds is the people on our side of the football, the values on our side of the football, the grit, determination, and just basic cussedness. One of the things I like most about Alex Jones, just that kind of American cussedness. You're not going to beat this guy. You're not going to beat him. Impossible. You cannot beat him. And that's why I'd like the folks on our side of the football, Alex. And I got to tell you, right now, your audience in InfoWars, our audience at War Room, plus all the other great podcasts out there, all the other great conservative sites have to come together. And these can't be half measures. And I'm not talking about violence. And the left knows that. Right now, we unite. We run the freaking tables in November. I'm talking about 100 seats. I'm talking about winning South Texas, the Rio Grande Valley, taking D plus 10, D plus 12 districts, get an overwhelming majority in the House, take the Senate, take every school board, every election board, every canvassing board, every medical board in every state, every town commission, every town council, the House of Representatives in your state, the state Senate, the House, the Senate, all of it. Run the tables and start the second Trump presidency. On January 1st of 2023, we have a six-year presidency to clean this country, to clean this apparatus out, and particularly clean this government out. And we do it, and I got to tell you, once we do it, you, we have investigations and we cut them off with money. And by the way, not just run them out of the government by impeaching, then bring criminal charges and let them see what real justice is. This is a time, this is no longer a time for choosing. This is a time for action, action, action. You have your agency. Divine providence only works through human instrumentality. You've got all the access. There's been 114 billion people roughly, I think, in the history of the earth. You've got to ask yourself today, why did God in all his wisdom put me here and put me now? Why did he give me access to InfoWars? Why did he let me hear some crazy guy named Steve Bannon? Ask yourself that. Ask yourself why you became a follower of Donald Trump and then commit, commit, commit to be in the vanguard and the cadre. And I will guarantee you one thing. We will win. We will save this republic. And 100 years from now, they will talk about these vital years in American history. As a quick aside, Mike Lindell's Moment of Truth Summit about our rigged and stolen elections has been broadcasting live all this weekend and is right now wrapping up its second and final day on Lindell's frankspeech.com website. That's F-R-A-N-K-S-P-E-E-C-H dot com. I've been watching what I could of it over these past two days, and it's been highly informative and interesting. If you haven't turned tuned in for this, I recommend any of you concerned with the integrity of our elections do so as soon as you can to view the rebroadcast of this event, which will be posted on frankspeech.com in the coming days. I think even after it's over tonight, you can watch a replay of the whole thing. Um, You can download the Frank Speech app on the website and look at it on your, let's do it on your phone. You can, I've been watching some of it on a smart TV and some of it on my, uh, well, actually I was going to do it on my PC, but I noticed it hit me with it. It wanted me to give them my email address and my telephone number. And I wasn't quite sure why they wanted to do that. I, 
want to make sure I had the right outfit. But anyway, bottom line is I tuned in instantly on my phone. I think so many people have been trying to watch it or and or there has been interference from our friends on the other side. Should I call them our, our deep enemies, our bitter enemies? Um, on the on the uh, on one of the channels uh, on the smart TV, but uh, anyway, I have been able to watch quite a bit of it. There, it'll cut in and out. Looks like it's buffering or something. Uh, the best, most stable coverage has been on the smartphone with the Frank Speech app. But even there, sometimes it stops and I have to restart it. But anyway, I think a lot of people are tuning in for it. very, very interesting, very, very informative. We'll have more to say about that uh, in in a future show. Two quick takeaways I got from the summit. One, we are not just being opposed in this election integrity struggle by our communist Chinese party aligned, I say allied, allied Democrats, but also by many members of the similarly compromised Republican establishment. And two, these electronic voting machines used in so many of our states are severely vulnerable to cyber attacks for which there are no known fixes. As was recently stated by election integrity warrior Patrick Byrne, to name just one critic of the machines, Byrne referred to the machines as junk. By the way, I don't think Byrne was part of Lindell's Moment of Truth Summit. But as Byrne states, the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency, CISA, has confirmed this cybersecurity failure. He calls them failures. So there are no known fixes. While at the same time, CISA has been stating that they have not seen any hacking. But then they have never looked for any, and they obviously don't want to look. This is yet another corrupt agency of our present government protecting us. As I said, we'll have more to say about this uh, on the next program uh, once I have time to digest some of what's been going on with the two-day summit there. Getting back to our corrupt CCP-aligned establishment's drive to wipe out Donald Trump and the MAGA movement, here are audio segments from the beginning and end of Rudy Rudy's Common Sense podcast, April 10, by former New York City mayor and federal prosecutor, as well as Trump lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. You can watch and listen to the full broadcast of this episode on Giuliani's website, RudyGiulianics.com. That's R-U-D-Y-G-I-U-L-I-A-N-I-C-S.com. That's short for Rudy's Common Sense.com. The episode is titled Democrat Secret Police Target the People's President. There's, there's more than a little irony for me in that title. As a bit later in our program today, we'll listen to some news and commentary on happenings in communist China, where the monstrously evil totalitarian regime there labels everything it does as the people's this and the people's that, when in reality, the people of China have no say about activities of the communist elites there. So the term the peoples is yet another fraud and sham perpetrated on their people by the communist totalitarians ruling China with an iron fist. Play sound by three, please. Hello, this is Rudy Giuliani with another edition of Rudy's Common Sense. And today I would call it a special edition because something happened uh, last night, yesterday, that has never happened before the history of the United States of America. And it is a big step toward confirming the fact that we may very well be living in a fascist state, particularly with regard to federal law enforcement. This has been coming for some time. It is not a total surprise. 
when you look back on it, you can see that something like this might happen. But still, searching the private residence of the last president of the United States or a former president of the United States has never been done before in our history. The reason is uh, uh, really uh, multiple. The reasons are multiple. The most obvious one is it is typical of fascist governments, communist governments, Nazi governments, or corrupt governments, banana republics. We call banana republics. It's typical that they uh, immediately, upon coming into office, attempt to prosecute the opposition to eliminate their um, to eliminate the, their predecessor, particularly if their predecessor may be a threat to run against them again. This Justice Department is not a justice department within a country ruled by law. It's a creature of the Democrat Party and Joseph Biden in particular. It's the Biden state police. That's, at, that's how we come to this. When we say, people say, well, the FBI alleged this, it must be true. Well, everything they alleged in the four FISA warrants turns out to be absolutely false. They got a search warrant from my apartment a year and a half ago, came in, took all my electronics, didn't want Hunter Biden's hard drive, God forbid. Now they've lost it. They've actually lost it. I didn't commit any crimes. That was done because I was Trump's lawyer. And they searched my law office, unheard of. And they searched other Trump law offices. And worse than that, they went and got before that my iCloud just at about the time I began representing Trump. And really, when I stopped representing Trump, they kind of lost interest. See what what that's about. What that's about is the two-tier system of justice. If you're connected with Biden, Clinton, Pelosi, Schumer, oh my goodness, you can have a, a, a Chinese spy with you for 19 years like a certain senator did. No problem. You can have a Chinese mistress who's getting secrets from you. You're on the intelligence committee. No problem. You can get $31 million from the Chinese Communist Party and be president of the United States. No problem. You can be a drug addict carrying around a 38 revolver. 10-year felony for anybody else. No problem. You can possess child pornography. No problem. No problem if you're connected to the Bidens or the Clintons or the Pelosi's or the oh name or Swalwell or Shifty Shift can hold up a document. I've got uh, I've got direct proof of Trump's involvement with the Russians. Okay, it's now been proven there hasn't been any. Has the FBI gone back and asked him for that proof? I mean, that would be a, a go a long way to proving that that entire Democratic group that is carrying on the J6 thing was involved in a conspiracy to depose the president of the United States. So that's the group we're dealing with. The FBI arrived in the morning. They arrived with at least 12 SUVs. I don't know. The people that talked to me said 40, 50 agents. And how about this? Armed with their guns out. What? He wasn't even there. What are, are, are the, are the uh, uh, waiters going to, what are the waiters going to start shooting them? Now, here's the reason why this is such a phony. They've been there before. They were there in June at least once, I think more than once. They had gone through all the documents we're talking about. They looked at them. 
They were content to leave him there, except they said, we think it needs more security, and they put on another padlock. The uh, search was pursuant to a warrant. You get a warrant by filing. You remember this from, you know, Comey's lying and the Pfizer affidavit, which was based on a pack of lies. So if you say there's an FBI affidavit, there must be something to this. You're talking about a different FBI, not the FBI that became a uh, a political uh, a political law enforcement agency. This has to stop. This has to end. Biden and Hillary Clinton have to be held to account for their very clear and very serious crimes. In the case of Biden selling out to our biggest enemy, China, having repercussions right now in the real world. And we have to stop persecuting Donald Trump and Republicans because you don't like their viewpoints. Fight them at the ballot box and don't cheat. Fight them in debates. See if you can do rallies like he does. See if you can draw the number of people that he does. See if you can do, produce an economy like he did. See if you can keep Russia contained like he did and Biden didn't. See if you can keep China contained like Biden didn't and he did. See if you can stop the fat guy in North Korea from shooting missiles. He did. Biden hasn't. Inflation was less than 2% when he was president. It's 9% now. What did he do that earned this pursuit of framing him? He challenged their power and he challenged their wealth. And believe me, it's both. And it isn't just Biden. But we got to stand up now. This has gone too far. The FBI needs to be totally reorganized. The Department of Justice needs to be totally reorganized. And uh, Ray and Garland have to go. Whether anything Giuliani is talking about to rectify the gargantuan wrongs being perpetrated on the American people by the illegitimate Biden regime and its controllers who have seized power through our rigged elections remains to be seen. This will all depend on whether or not we are successful in taking back our country in upcoming elections, since most of us believe in, still believe in the rule of law. Elections in which, yet again, those who took power will be doing everything they can to keep stealing those elections and thwarting the will of a clear majority of Americans. Finally, on today's show, let's listen to audio from a broadcast by the YouTube channel China Insights, posted August 17th. It's titled, Capital Channel is Cut Off. Five China state-owned giants delist from New York Stock Exchange, 270 on the way. They are referring here to the hundreds of Chinese companies, which incredibly have been able to list on our exchanges and, and trade their stocks and make billions, trillions. You'll hear they, they've raised trillions of dollars with initial public offerings in stock and, and bond sales. It talks about the fact that hundreds of communist Chinese companies, like I said, have raised all this money through lucrative public offerings and, and, and bond sales. Yet these communist controlled entities have been allowed to refuse U.S. auditors to examine their financial records, which they cite, which, for which they cite uh, national security concerns for China. And this is unlike all the others trade, all the other companies that trade on U.S. stock exchange, foreign or domestic, as I understand it. 
Here is yet another example of disgusting preferential treatment communist China has received from the West. These vast sums raised have gone to, the, to line the pockets of the CCP's elites. And I've, 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 seen that, I've seen it said that perhaps $4 trillion has been moved offshore by some of these elites, by a number of these elites, out, off of, out, out of communist China, stashing their money. These, uh, along with, uh, they've, they've gotten very rich, along with America's business and financial cheerleader cronies. They're the CCP's American business and financial cronies, which are and have long been propping up the rigged state-controlled Chinese economy and make the Chinese military a threat to the world. What is wrong with these people? While this vast capital outflow to the CCP may be drying up for the time being due to a feared impending collapse of the rigged Chinese economy, don't count on our greedy oligarchs giving up on their mass murdering, enslaving, and terrorizing CCP elites anytime soon. Remember the now infamous words of the communist Chinese university professor last year on the internet, I think it was last year, in which he stated that the CCP's friends on Wall Street couldn't fix Donald Trump, meaning that Trump wouldn't fall in line, as have so many others of the bribed U.S. business, financial, cultural, and government elites, and act to keep promoting and empowering the totalitarian Chinese communists at our expense and ultimately our demise. Play soundbite four, please. Why are Chinese companies listed in the U.S. called China Concept Stocks? For the past three decades, mainland China and Hong Kong have been the only two jurisdictions in the world that don't allow the American Public Company Accounting Oversight Board, or PCAOB, to inspect their companies. American investors have been exposed to tremendous risk. It's like selling a commodity that only lets you look at the advertising, but won't allow you to unwrap the commodity. It means that investors have bought shares of Chinese companies based on a notion created by Wall Street, which believes that China's economy has a bright future. During the last three decades of the alleged economic miracle in China, Wall Street has given special treatment to Chinese companies, even waiving essential corporate audits, a sign of Wall Street's attitude toward the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. However, this is now changing. In 2020, the U.S. Congress introduced a bill, the Holding Foreign Companies Accountable Act. It will remove all listed companies that don't comply with American audit requirements in 2024. The time is getting closer to that deadline. On August 12, 2022, five Chinese SOEs, or state-owned enterprises, namely China Life Insurance Company, Sinopec, PetroChina, Aluminum Corporation of China, and Sinopec Shanghai Petrochemical Company, announced that they would be delisted from the New York Stock Exchange. Among them, three companies issued similarly worded statements within 30 minutes of each other, citing the low trading volume of their shares in New York. Their statements didn't directly mention the U.S.-China audit dispute or the U.S.-China tensions over Taiwan, security, technology, and human rights. According to the data released by the Ministry of Commerce of China in August 2021, in the first half of 2022, China's actual use of foreign capital is equivalent to 112.35 billion U.S. dollars, a year-over-year increase of 21.8%.
Looking at the three-year data, no matter which country the foreign direct investment flows to, China has remained a hot choice. In the past 30 years, the economic ties between China and the U.S. have become closer and closer. A stable international commodity supply chain has been formed between the two, and at the same time, the domestic manufacturing industry in the U.S. has been hollowed out. A joint study entitled "Invent Here, Manufacture There," published in June 2018, concludes that America's foreign dependence is not limited to low-cost commodities. It extends up the value chain, and China is the key to much of it. The offshoring of advanced manufacturing has reached a tipping point, where the strategy of "invent here, make there" has become "invent there, make there." In this context, China's economic activity is closely tied to Wall Street. Roger Robinson, the architect of former U.S. President Reagan's economic and financial strategy, estimated in 2019 that the Chinese Communist Party would take a number of 1.9 trillion from the equity or stock side alone, and as much as another trillion in bonds. Chinese companies have developed a model over the years of using foreign financing to support their real businesses, i.e., raising large amounts of capital abroad and then injecting it into their domestic operations, especially in money-burning industries such as internet service companies and real estate firms. There are usually three ways for Chinese companies to raise money abroad: first, by going public on Wall Street through IPO. Second, by issuing bonds via Wall Street, and third, by going to Hong Kong for a secondary listing. These are the important options for Chinese companies to raise money in recent years. Among the options, foreign investors who buy the shares of Chinese companies can demand repayment of the funds, subscribe for the shares, and can only get out by selling them. That is to say, the Chinese companies don't have to repay the funds raised by issuing stocks. The only foreign debt that must be repaid is if a Chinese company issues corporate bonds on Wall Street, and the funds raised are foreign debt that must be repaid. Wall Street investment banks earn lucrative fees when Chinese companies go public or issue corporate bonds in the U.S. For many years, major Wall Street investment banks in New York have played a key role in raising funds for the CCP overseas, such as acting as stock underwriters, sponsors, financial advisors, and so on. Some industry insiders estimate that Wall Street investment banks may earn up to three percent commission for overseas initial public offerings of Chinese companies. Alibaba has said in its filings with U.S. securities regulators that the banks underwriting its IPO will receive a total of 300.4 million U.S. dollars in commissions. Let's take a look at how much money the big Chinese state companies that decided to delist from the U.S. raised in the American market. In 1997, China Mobile launched its initial public offering, raising U.S. 4 billion. In October 1997, China Telecom made an IPO, which was listed in Hong Kong and New York at the same time, raising U.S. 4.2 billion. In March 2000, PetroChina's IPO raised U.S. 2.9 billion. In June 2000, China Unicom went public in New York and Hong Kong at the same time, raising U.S. 5.65 billion. In October 2000, Sinopex Global IPO was listed in New York, London, and Hong Kong at the same time, raising U.S. 3.46 billion. In December 2001, the IPO of Aluminum Corporation of China, which was listed in New York and Hong Kong at the same time, raised U.S. 486 million. In November 2002, China Telecom went public in Hong Kong and New York, raising U.S. 1.52 billion. In 2005, PetroChina raised U.S. 2.7 billion in a follow-up stock offering.
Wall Street also helps clients buy stocks of Chinese companies listed in the U.S. and Hong Kong, and also goes to the Chinese stock market to buy some Chinese stocks. Therefore, the financial situation of Chinese companies is closely watched and followed by Wall Street. Of course, Wall Street is quite anxious right now because the Chinese economy is no longer able to contain the downward trend. It can be said that 2021 marked the turning point of China's economy from boom to bust. For Wall Street, the fall in the value of those Chinese concept stocks is no longer in doubt. Its attention is now focused on the bonds issued by Chinese companies outside of China to see if they can perform and pay back the principal and interest as they mature. China concept stocks have been a popular trend on Wall Street for over a decade, but are facing a dead end. It means that the CCP's path to save its economy through foreign financing has suffered a serious setback. As China's stock exchanges and Hong Kong stock markets simply can't handle the scale of capital needed for Chinese concept stocks, the Chinese government will still try to use the overseas listing to raise capital and will choose to let some private companies go public in the U.S. The possibility of an audit agreement between the U.S. and China is still relatively high. This long-standing and widespread U.S. and other Western flood of capital into communist China is a catastrophic situation that threatens the very survival of Western civilization. Given the CCP's unchanged totalitarian nature and well-documented intent to take over and rule the world in the coming decades, it's stunning. And it shockingly makes you wonder what is so wrong with our incredibly stupid so-called elites so caught up in their dumbfounding worship of and enslavement to their communist Chinese masters. While this madness has undoubtedly made many of these fools fabulously wealthy, how can they not see what lies ahead for us here in the U.S. and rest of the West? But of course, These supposed elites believe they will remain rich and powerful. Still, the handwriting, as they say, is definitely on the wall. That's it for another show. As always, we hope you found the content of interest and value. You can listen to a podcast of today's show when it's posted soon on the Jim Benson Show page at bbsradio.com. Look for us again two weeks from today in this same time slot. Have a good rest of your day and evening.